Fawcett with Carl Reader, helping you to control your time, your income, and your life. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this. It's my absolute pleasure to be joining you again with um, just some of my opinions of what I've seen recently. Now, it would be really remiss of me not to mark the unfortunate passing of His Royal Highness Prince Philip. I think that whilst he had reached a very good age, many of us hadn't realised the amount of public service that he had offered during his lifetime. And it's actually quite embarrassing that I'm only now finding out a little bit more about the man behind the media image. And it's been remarkable to see some of the things that he's done, which have really impacted the way that society performs nowadays in a positive way. Um, Now, Prince Philip was actually the inspiration for this episode. And I guess you could say, um, rather than an inspiration, uh, the tipping point, because there'd been a build-up of things that I'd seen over the past days, weeks, months. Now, this might be an element of frustration within the general public. However, I think that actually this has been going on longer than any lockdown. This has been going on longer than any pandemic. And this, I see, could be the end of social media. Now, for me to say that, For me to say the end of social media, the guy who was on Twitter probably 13, 14 years ago as one of the very first users, the guy who was probably one of the first users in the UK of Facebook Live when it was only available for verified profiles. For me, the person who um, openly acknowledges that he was one of the very first social media natives at the age of sort of 15, 16, with chat rooms going through then MSN, ICQ, Bebo, MySpace, all of that stuff. Um, It's actually quite a big thing to suggest, but I really do believe that there's a couple of changes that as business owners, as marketers, as individuals, as consumers of information, we should be aware of and we should be looking at for our business. Now, for many people who are um, perhaps looking at the year or two ahead and looking at how they're growing, they might be thinking about setting up webinars and funnels and new social marketing activities. And guys, listen, let me tell you my view on it. And it is my opinion. Um, Opinions are like certain body parts. We've all got them. Um, But it doesn't necessarily mean that we want to share them openly. But I think this one is safe to share. I also think that this one is um, a different way of thinking than the group think at the moment. Over the next year, I believe that humans are going to crave societal contact more than ever. And I believe that social media usage won't increase. If anything, it will decrease. Webinar views won't increase. They will decrease. If you were looking at setting up online courses, online webinars and so on, hey, you're 12 months too late. You should have nailed it. It should have been up and running this time last year. I believe that we are a societal race. Many of you would have heard me say that it's not B2B or B2C. It's H2H, human to human. And I think that the recent conduct on social media is part of what we need to think about when we look at projecting what human behavior will be over the next year. So let's look at recent examples. I touched on His Royal Highness, um, Prince Philip, and I was absolutely flabbergasted. That's the only word I can use, flabbergasted, to see some of the instant reaction on Twitter. So 
I don't tend to use Twitter much anymore, even though I've got over 90,000 followers on there. Even though I was a very early adopter, I found that about four to five years ago, it was starting to run out of steam. And um, I would say over the last two years, I've noticed that it's a platform of um, automated posts speaking to automated posts. There is very little real human engagement in there. And the reality is that well, I would call domestic users, i.e. the end user, i.e. the people that we're trying to reach, they all switched off a couple of years ago. So um, I use it personally as a hygiene platform to make sure that I've got a presence there, but I certainly don't engage there anymore. Um, it, to me, is um, potentially a cesspit of human behavior. And um, Prince Philip's um, passing was unfortunately the latest example of it, with people celebrating, with people sharing, um, you know, horrible, disgusting memes and opinions, including some quite high-profile people as well. You know, this wasn't just anonymous trolls. This included very high-profile um, people. This included people who were using their own name, their own credibility to share their opinions on the monarchy, to share their opinions on all sorts of things rather than treating this situation with the respect and care that any grieving family, regardless of whether you agree with the individuals or uh, the family itself or not, that any grieving family should expect to have. But as I said, this was the tipping point. And I think Twitter is a very peculiar case in that, given that Twitter is the, um, I guess, the bastion of free speech, um, that free speech has been adopted by the extremities, both left and right. Um, and we can look at any political divide, whether it's Trump-Biden, whether it's um, Brexit or Remain. Whatever your views are on these things, your views are probably fairly central. When I say fairly central, I mean, you, you will have a fixed view, I imagine, but you won't necessarily um, be so blind to not believe that there are other points of view. You probably wouldn't be so blind not to believe that actually people might disagree with you, etc. Um, but with the free speech that Twitter affords, unfortunately, to create a noise within 200 characters and to make an impact, you have to be as controversial as possible. And that's been perhaps the downfall of Twitter over the last few years. But it's not restricted to Twitter. This is not a podcast about Twitter. Um, I think that I'm not telling anybody anything by saying that Twitter is uh, not the place to be anymore. However, I've noticed this on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, in fact, in the comments on TikTok as well. And, and they've all, as different platforms, they've got their own cultures, they've got their own levels of censorship or not, they've got their own interruption by the algorithms. But what I've noticed and observed over the last year in particular is an increase in hostility within these platforms. I've noticed that individuals are fighting for airtime, and it's been partly down to a shift in the demographic on each platform. And I, I wouldn't want to appear ageist by saying this, but hey, I'm going to say it anyway. I think that we've all noticed that some people who are newer to social media and are perhaps a bit older in their years have yet to learn some of the unspoken cues of social media. Um, for example, you're never going to change anybody's opinion in a comment or a tweet or, um, or or a like or a dislike or whatever. You're not going to do it. Um, 
so you're certainly not going to do it in two or three. Um, all that will happen is that an argument will ensue. And we know what happens when somebody argues with an idiot. It just creates two idiots. Now, given the fact that the social media um, places to hang out are becoming more hostile environments, Twitter being the biggest example of it, um, but it's across the board, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, and so on. We're seeing racism. We're seeing um, all kinds of discriminatory behavior. We're seeing antagonistic behavior. And we're seeing simple misinterpretations being extrapolated into World War III. Given we've got that level of hostility, let's look at the other factors that are in play here. The second factor that I would look at is the fact that we as humans are societal beings. We generally like other people, whether we're introvert or extrovert. We all generally thrive to be with a life partner. We all generally enjoy company of those close to us. We all generally will be attracted to an image of another human rather than an image of an item. We will all generally resonate more with another person. Add that to the fact that uh, certainly here in the UK, most of us have been pretty much living um, under loose imprisonment. And I don't use that term lightly. You know, we look at the late stages of a criminal sentence and somebody will be tagged with a curfew and will be required to stay in their house at certain times. There'll be certain prohibitions about what they can and can't do. That is the, I guess, environment that we've been living in recently. I believe that as we come out of this pandemic and fingers crossed there is no variant or um, weakness in the vaccination program that causes us to revert back to lockdown, it's going to be like all of us coming out of prison, but with the best intents and wanting to make a positive contribution in the world. But also we will have our own needs to fulfill. We will all want to go back to speaking to people, to seeing people. I mean, listen, I can tell you now, I don't want another Zoom meeting. I don't want another automated calendly message. You know, rather than speaking to someone to fix up a time to have a cup of coffee, um, having an email saying, book it in my calendar here. And then the booking link automatically having a Zoom link. And then sitting behind a screen, trying to gauge that nuance of human conversation that we're all used to. But actually, there's technology between us. I don't believe that will be the case, at least for the next year or so. I believe that we're going to get back to seeing people. We're going to get back to doing stuff. Now, I think that that sentiment is shared. I've um, I've certainly been trying to book tables for um, lunch meetings over the next month, and it is horrific out there. It is almost impossible to get a table at the restaurant you want at the time you want. In fact, you do a search on open table, and you're lucky to find um, 10 or so tables in the whole of London, let alone in the restaurant that you want to go to or the location that you want to go to. So the early signs are showing that that will be the case, that there'll be a bit of a bounce socially. Um, I believe that retailers will be enticing people. I believe that local authorities will be enticing people out. I believe that we will be in for a very vibrant, human-filled, outdoor year rather than a, an indoor, solitary lockdown year, which is great to see. Um, but let's look at the third factor on this as well, and this factor as to why I think the next couple of years there's going to be a move away from social media, but this will particularly benefit my core listeners. That is individuals, people think of starting a business, people who are running a business, um, but generally smaller businesses, not corporates. The third factor at play here 
is that we, yes, we have got the flexibility. Not many people who work for a corporate have got the flexibility to book a lunch meeting right now for the 12th of April because there are certain policies and procedures in place and the corporates aren't opening up yet. So we have this unique opportunity. If you as an individual are competing against, um, you know, one of the, I, I don't know, one of the big banks or you're competing against a big four accountant or you're competing against um, some other corporate, maybe it's a tech giant. You've got an amazing opportunity here where you are allowed to escape prison and they're not. You are allowed to meet the people on the other side of a table who are equally desperate to go out there and do business, but you haven't got one hand tied behind your back. Now, as a small business, we know that often we are fighting with one hand tied behind our back. What we've got in money, the corporates can put 10 times down without thinking about it. What we've got in time and resource, they can put hundreds of employees to. What we've got in terms of innovation, drain power, qualifications, whatever it is we need, they can just turn the dial and make us look very small. Now, we have got one benefit. We've got one thing that plays in our advantage compared to every other corporate out there, everyone over even, say, 250 to 500 employees. And what is that advantage? We're nimble. We're flexible. We can flick a switch and we can do stuff. We don't have decision-making processes. We don't have risk management processes. We don't have HR teams. Even if we're the CEO, we don't have a HR team and a health and safety risk management team that we need to go through. We can go out there and do it. So if we're comfortable and our customer is comfortable, we can have that human connection. And this is the one way going forward. Put social media to one side, put marketing to one side, put business development to one side. Let's look at the entirety of how a business runs and is managed and the strategy behind it. Let, let's look really big picture here. The one thing that small businesses have got over anybody else is flexibility and the human touch. Because those of you who've read my pieces, either in my books or my articles, or have seen me speak about innovation will know that the key differentiators are specialist skills or interpersonal skills. And specialist skills are reducing by the day. And this is where corporations can have a massive land grab. Because if something is algorithmic, it can be automated today. If it's algorithmic, plus um, could benefit from artificial intelligence or machine learning, it will be automated tomorrow. But what can't be automated at this stage is interpersonal skills. It's that human to human connection. Now, you might think that you're a B2B company and you deal with big businesses. And it, listen, forget that. Business is not B2B or B2C. It's H2H, human to human. It's about eyeball to eyeball. It's about understanding your potential customer. It's about getting to know them, getting to like them, getting to trust them. You've heard this from networking organizations and you've heard this from um, speakers and so on and so forth. But now is the time to listen up to this. It's not about funnels and clickbait and webinars and putting them into an escalating transaction model or forget all of that $97 nonsense. You've been sold a pup. It's about having a human to human relationship because we can look at two of the very biggest businesses in the world. And there's perhaps the biggest transaction in the world going on between them. The reality is that that transaction is between two individuals. And if there's a chemistry there, it is so much more likely that that deal will be done. If there's no chemistry, hey, it's going to be tougher. So have a think about that. Imagine 
if social media became 10 times more hostile, or perhaps even worse, if social media got switched off overnight, what would you do for your business? How would you grow your business? How would you leverage your personal contacts? How would you get out there? How would you meet people? How would you make sure that you can build relationships? How would you top up those relationships? And trust me on this, over the next year or so, take action on those. Now, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure to share this. I hope you found it interesting. If you did, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. I'd love a few reviews because Apple have, in their infinite wisdom, deleted a lot of my old reviews. So I'm now back down to one. So drop a review. If you want to hear more from me, then make sure you follow me on social media at Carl Reader. Check out my book, um, Boss It. It's available at all major bookstores. It's charting in WH Smith's at the moment. Um, it's available globally. So check it out. And I look forward to speaking to you very soon. Boss It is available globally at all good bookstores, physical and online. Check out this best-selling book online at carl.2 slash book.